0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. It's great to see people uh, coming back from vacation, being away. It's good to be back myself. We have something of a miscommunication in today's gospel. Jesus is speaking on one level, and the people are hearing him on a totally different level. Level. He has just multiplied fishes and loaves, and people were amazed at how God provided for them. And then they began to follow Jesus, because if you're like me, you're always looking for the next meal. It was a free meal, too. And Jesus knew that they were considering this bread. Bread. The bread that was going to fill their bellies. The bread that was going to satisfy them and keep their life going. And so they're thinking about the bread. And then Jesus says something that is mind-blowing. I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread that comes down from heaven. And anyone that eats of this bread will live forever And the bread which I shall give for the life of the entire world is my flesh. Now just imagine, if you were there listening to someone speak like that, you'd probably run away. And about half of the crowd did eventually run away at the end of John chapter 6 because they couldn't take it. They just said, who is this guy's cuckoo? He's crazy. We know his mom and dad. We know where he's from. How is he saying he's coming down from heaven? Of course, Jesus is speaking from his own experience as the Son and Word of God. He knows the Father. The Father is in him, and he is in the Father. The Father has life in himself, and he has given the Son to have life in himself. So Jesus is speaking from his divinity, saying, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of which comes down from heaven to give life to the world. And they're thinking about that good bread that you can get at Carabas. or some of the other fine restaurants that I love about Houston. Well, the first point I want to communicate today is that the very life of God, the divine life of God, the eternal life of God, has come down in the person of his son to give us new life because we need it. We need a life from God, not just biological human life, but an eternal God type of life that we may be transformed and be prepared to live as God's children in the life of the age to come forever. That's what we need. Most of us, think about life in terms of our own experience. We have life. We wake up every day. We still have this life. We decide to do things. We go here. We go there. We do that. We think about things. We try to accomplish things. We want to eat. That's an important aspect of my own life and my own family. The funny story about my family is two hours after Thanksgiving meal, we're saying, well, what's for dinner?" And my poor mother has exhausted herself providing this great Thanksgiving meal. And then we, mostly men, have the audacity to say, well, what's for dinner? You see, this biological life that we need to feed, this biological life that has so many aspects to it, so needy we are as human beings. So our experience is this human life, that we grew up in, trying to get our needs met, trying to find the next meal, trying to find love, trying to find meaning, trying to get ahead. This is the only life that we know. But that's not the life that Jesus came to bring us. Jesus brought the very life of God, the eternal life of God, to infuse into this biological life that we really know in order to transform it to change it, to prepare it so we can live in the age to come. So we can have communion with God and one another in the age to come when everything will be swallowed up by this divine life. And that's what Jesus came to bring us. Jesus says, I've come to bring you life and life more abundantly. And the reason that we know that Jesus is talking about the eternal type of life is John in his gospel uses just two of the Greek words for life. There's three Greek words for life. One is where we get biology from, bios. And that's just our biological normal life, especially as the the bodily aspect of our existence. There's another word that is called siki or suke, And that's the, the soul. It's the animating life and then there's zoe zoe in the new testament is this very life of god what we call eternal life life of the age to come and john does not use bios in his entire gospel and in fact this is how john the writer of the gospel in his letter that we call first john summarizes his whole experience of jesus raised He was the last apostle to die, and this is how he summarizes all of this experience. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. That's his summary, that God has given us eternal life as a gift, and this life is in his Son. God didn't give us another law to do. He gave us a person. He gave us a person to know, to love, to follow, to obey to enter into a relationship with, and that's where eternal life resides. We think that we have life. We have human biological life. It is the only life that we know, but we think we have life. But none of us likes to face the fact that in one second, that life can end. One second. One second. That's why we so desperately need eternal life, God's type of life that never ends, God's type of life that is the life of the age to come, so we can live with God and with one another forever, and be done with all the problems and the issues that we have with these bodies, with these minds, with these hearts and these wills. I'm ready for that party. I don't know about you all, but... Sometimes, you know, you get to be like Elijah. Elijah was ready to cash it all in. Did y'all listen to that? One of the prophets was ready to get underneath a tree and just die and say, You know, I've had enough of this life. Sometimes our life is doing great way up here and life is good, and sometimes life is way down in the dumps and a burden. That's this life. But the life that God is giving us is the divine type of life. It is eternal. And the qualities that we'll look at that compose eternal life are wonderful. It would be the party that you would never want to leave. Have you ever thought about how food plays such an important part in the scriptures? Just think about the fact that in the story in Genesis... It is a piece of food that is pursued as an end in itself, as a way to become even more like God, uh, that would make someone wise. You don't need to trust God. He didn't say that about that food. Let's, let's go ahead and partake and, and fill ourselves with that food. And then you have God providing throughout all of the scriptures for the needs of people. And lots of times it's food. The children of Israel were rescued out of uh, their bondage in Egypt through the Red Sea. And then God feeds them. They don't like it because it's not as good as carabas and you know the, the food that you like here in Houston. But they complain. But it keeps them biologically alive for a while. And then finally... The bread of life, the bread of heaven, the eternal food appears and offers himself to us, to everyone around the world. I will give you my life. What it will mean, though, is that we will have to participate in it. We'll have to pursue it. We'll have to enter into it. We'll have to believe it. We'll have to follow it. We'll have to want it. It's not like magic. You can't come and receive the body and blood of Christ and magically say, well, my Christian life is over. I've I've tasted of the food and that's it. That's not how it works. And so the end of the story, God's story for us is a big banquet, right? It's the heavenly banquet. Jesus is there. It's the ultimate supper. It's the best dinner party you'll ever go to in your life, and you'll never want to leave. So food and the pursuit of our needs are very important in Scripture. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. This is the first I am statement in John's Gospel. Those are things that John put in there to reveal Who Jesus is. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the vine. You see, everything is focused on the person, the person of the incarnate Son. It's not a list of rules. It's a relationship with a person who is everything, who is God's life incarnate, and it is this life that we desperately need. I've always thought that if people really knew what they were receiving in the Holy Eucharist, you would not be able to find a parking place anywhere around here. Because if you left here today and you had one of the best meals of your entire life, A few hours later, it would all be over and you'd be ready to eat something else. And that's a metaphor for life. All of the good things that God gives us for us to enjoy in this life, they're fleeting. They never ultimately satisfy. We always want more, whatever it is. We want more and more. We need more and more. We have to continue to eat. We have to continue to breathe. We have all of these complex needs as human beings. And all of that one day is going to end. But here, the promise of Jesus is that eternal life is being offered In the bread and the wine of the Eucharist. It's mind blowing. And this is what we believe as Christians that we can receive this life for the inner transformation of our souls and bodies to prepare us for life with God forever. Well, the third point is this, and it's that eternal life actually begins here and now, it's not after we die. I know that may sound strange, but Christ himself says that if you believe, you've already passed from death into life. You've already entered into eternal life. The life of God has already entered these bodies that are headed for the grave. That happened at your baptism. It happens as we pray. It happens as we uh, feed on the word of God. And it happens as we receive the very life of Of Christ himself at the Eucharist. So eternal life is already brewing, already working in us and on us. And if you want to know what that looks like, just turn to the passage of Ephesians in your bulletin right now, and we will look at what eternal life looks like. I can't remember what page it is. What page is it? Page four. Turn to page four. If you want to know what the God kind of life is, the eternal type of life is, it's all right here. The first thing is truth. God's life is absolutely true. There's no falsehood in God. There's no lies in God. God always speaks the truth. God is the truth. It's hard for us to to get a hold of that. God is the ultimate truth himself. And so, the God kind of life is a truthful life. It's a life that puts away falsehood. It speaks the truth with one another. God's eternal life seeks justice. And there's even anger... But that anger or wrath for justice never crosses over into sin. And that eternal life of God in us calls us to the same thing. What is amazing in this passage, this person that uh, was a thief, he not only had to quit stealing, the person had to begin to work with their hands, but the final outcome was so he would have enough money, not for himself, but to give for someone who is in need. So the God kind of life, eternal life, is a generous, other-centered life. That's the type of God life that is flowing through us right now. We are called to cooperate, to be generous. No evil talk. God is pure and holy. No evil talk comes out of the mouth of God or Jesus But the words are used to build people up, to love them, to help them achieve all that they can. Well, we're called not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God, which is also the means of God's life in us. And that we're called to be forgiving, kind. We're called to love one another. And that's why we can be imitators of God, because we are children of God, because God's life has been born in us and it is working on us and that we are cooperating and hoping and praying and seeking that life and that will. And that's why we finally will be characterized as people of sacrificial love. So if you want to know what the life of the age to come is going to be like... It's going to be like this. Isn't that going to be great? We will have God's life in and through us. We will be with one another in all of this glorious, loving relatedness. And it's going to be absolutely fantastic. That is our faith. Jesus said, don't work for the food that spoils but work for the food that endures to eternal life. All of us, I'm sure, have to... We have so much food, we have to take food out of our refrigerator and throw it away because it's spoiled. That's that's the sort of problems we have. And so Jesus says, don't toil so hard for that type of food that you're going to throw out. And he says to Stuart Bates, pursue me the source of life in the same way that you pursue where you're going to have your next really good meal. Try to satisfy that craving and that hunger in me and not in the things that are going to be gone in just a few hours or just a few years, but pursue the source of life, God's type of life. And what a joy we have today as we come to receive that very life in the Holy Eucharist. God has given us eternal life. That life is in his Son. He is giving us an opportunity to enter in and participate with that life that it can change us and prepare us for the life of the age to come. Amen.